podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hello and welcome to A Celtic State of Mind. My name is Laura Bradburn and I am joined on this Friday by Jim Orr. How are you doing, Jim? Good, Laura. Pleased to be here. Yes, good to be here. Um, and, and an axon first, Jim and Brian Degnan are appearing on the same broadcast. Brian, how are you Dream doing? Dream team. Dream team. As it's been a long time coming. It's been several years in the making, but we're here, the main event. Um, it's good, actually. I think I'm just an Amy Canavan short of my axon bingo card. Which is quite right. nice. So we just need to get get Amy on next week, and we're laughing. It's good to know when someone's bingo card. This is this is good. This is the highlight <laughs> of my day so far. It's been a slow day. Sadly, sadly, playing bingo is becoming the highlight of my weekend. That's just that's how bad my life is, isn't it? But... So does that mean when you're on with Amy, you just need to shout house as soon as the thing starts, and that's you? And then I'm off. And then I'm going to dial off. That's, that's it. That's retire. That's it. That's good. <laughs> Yep. Um, thanks everybody for joining us today wherever you are joining us don't forget to like and subscribe to the video I've done this spiel a million times but you know how it works helps us out a massive amount so please do that um, Jim I'll come to you first um, we were obviously you weren't with us last week but um, we delayed the, the broadcast because of John Hughes's funeral a big event in Celtic's history uh, or certainly he was a big player in Celtic's history and a, a, a big event for the club um, mm-hmm. that the funeral took place last week. You were talking before we came on air about about how how you felt watching it and how, how his son dealt with the whole the whole situation. Quite admirable, wasn't it? His son John's eulogy was absolutely outstanding. If you haven't seen it, go over to YouTube and uh, watch uh, Big Yogi's funeral and his son was just absolutely brilliant. Uh, I only met Yogi once, similar to Bertie, uh, uh, last year he came along to Bender with Bertie uh, I'd been liaising with his son John for about a year before that and uh, see my dad's not well at all I don't think there's any chance he would be able to come along but but he then made that a target to try and come along to the play and he started going out walking every day and eventually made it along to the play I think young, the younger John who's come from Northern Ireland had organised a big family night out so there's between about, about 12, 15 of them came along to Bender Liberty and they had a kind of fantastic family night out. So John Hughes made it and then he, and he made it up the stairs because we had big Yogi and John Fallon on the stage at the end of the night. So so due to his tenacity and determination, he managed to make it up the stairs. And uh, and actual fact, next to next to Dez being gifted Bertie's jacket, that was my favourite memory of the old kind of Bender Liberty journey so far that Yogi comes on the stage and he puts his arm around <laughs> John Fallon 
think, like, you know, two ordinary men who've lived this kind of extraordinary life. And they're both kind of similar because they're, they're Lisbon Lions but didn't play in Lisbon on the day. I know John Fallon was a sub. And I, mean, I read Yogi's book a number of years ago and he, and he says that, you know, any time the Lisbon Lions get together, he always feels a wee bit out of it, you know, because he didn't actually play on the day. And, I mean, I've got no doubt if John Hughes had been fit, John Hughes would have, would have, would have played in Lisbon. There's one for the chat room, what do you think? Would, would John Hughes have played in Lisbon? Uh, I also think John McBride would have played in Lisbon if he was fit as well. Uh, I can always come back to that. But uh, he was a fantastic player. I was a bit, just a bit too young. But uh, in doing the research for the play, there's a, there's a great clip of the, of the New Year's Day old firm game, as it was called back then, 1965. And uh, 1-0 down at half-time. Jimmy Johnson's been sent off. And uh, in the last 10 minutes, Yogi gets the ball from the halfway line. Just beats three, four, five players. He was brought down. Celtic get a penalty and then miss it, which was typical of Celtic back then. But if you have never seen Yogi Hughes, he's fantastic dribbling best. YouTube, January 65, Rangers Celtic. Have a look. And uh, I suppose a player that, I mean, for the younger listeners, Ollie, <laughs> it would be, if you compare him to a modern day player, I think I would go for Samarats. That kind of big guy, great feet, good in the air, scored tons of goals. Seventh top goal scorer in Celtic's history. Phenomenal. And he still had a few years left of him at Celtic Park, but Jockstein got rid of him. There was a bit of bad blood between the two. Then. But anytime Jockstein needed somebody for a big game, I mean, John Hughes was the guy he called on. And that's why I think he'd have played in Lisbon. Because uh, the semi-final against Duke La Prague at home, he picks John Hughes. Uh, injured for the final. Three years later, semi-final against Leeds, picks John Hughes. Final, picks John Hughes. So... For me, it was a shame he didn't play in Lisbon. Uh, and then you say, well, who'd have, who'd have missed out? I think, I think, I think Lennox would have, would have missed out. So who knows what might have been back then, but a fantastic player, and, and his son did him proud last week. Yeah, absolutely did. Um, Brian, it's, it's amazing when you think about it. You know, Jim was talking about you know, explaining to younger fans the type of player that, that John Hughes was for those of us who didn't see him play. It's amazing that even as younger fans who maybe never saw him in his prime or in, in the flesh at all, that we can name players like him, like like Joe McBride, like Charlie Gallagher, who weren't even part of that famous eleven that took to the field um, in Lisbon, but were still such a vital part of, of that period of the club's history. Absolutely, and it's, it's part of the the famous song, isn't it? If you know your history. And I think Celtic almost not as a sort of individual against other clubs, but I think Celtic's kind of unique in a way in that everyone sort of embraces the history as if they were there. Even, you know, looking back, you're sort of proud of these players. If you saw them fleeting or you never saw them at all and you, you sort of get into the, the mythos of it. And I think, I said before, I think, um, I said last week, when talking about the Lisbon Lions and in that period, it's it's the ultimate, you know, sporting story. It, it's a rocky story. It's mm-hmm. how on earth there's not a movie about it. Yeah, I, I'd imagine there's probably tried to be a few times, but it is that beautiful mm-hmm. sort of real life sort of fairy tale story. And I think it, it will never be forgotten ever. And I think you know, when Maui man's in his fifties, he'll be talking about you know lesbian lines. For all those years ago, so I think it's what makes Celtic such special and sort of unique, and and you know within that it makes what the Lisbon Lions done so unique, and guys like like John and, and the rest of the guys, 
they're, they're absolute giants, not just in Scottish football or, or Celtic's history, but in, in football in general. And they should never, ever, ever be forgotten how massive that achievement was. And the style and the, the way they went about their business. And I think Jim said it perfectly, as he's wanting to do. Um, he was an ordinary man living an extraordinary life. And, and I think that sums it up nice, nicely. Yeah, absolutely does. Ridiculous are saying there, Mike's a bit crackly there, big man. I want to give Brian his props here because many of many of the contributors, myself included, had they not had a computer working, might have said, you know what, guys, I'm out for today, take the wheel. But Brian is sitting there with his phone propped up on God knows what to give you the show that you all want. The show must go on, Brian, isn't that the case? Don't worry about it, Brian. I've had months say this when I first started. Who's that clown? <laughs> Is his dial-up not working today? Is his modem collapsed? No, that's kind of stuff. So, so, <laughs> don't you worry. It's my shady phone, so that, that also explains the John T. Angle. I'm sitting <laughs> well, so, so apologies for the sound quality. So that's not now. intended, that John T. Angle, that's not you know, the best side, is that kind of... No, no I, I don't think I have a best Both side. Both sides are good, I'm not, I'm not making a comment, it's just general observation, that's all. No, that I, is... I do appreciate that, Jim, it's, it's nice to hear that, but I think that's I'm going to go one of those uh, rare creatures that doesn't have a, a best side. I think it'd be two bad ones. Um, Join the club. That might be the angle that PJD is looking at everything from this morning as he got a sore head after last night. Um, says Green Lichty, Green Lichty, I think that says. Um, if you didn't see it, we had a, the first ever State of Mind music festival, Glass Vegas, played that last night. There will be footage of that on the channel soon and you can see it soon. Um, Which is but- unbelievable given where Paul came from in terms of building up the channel. Yes. Unbelievable. Las Vegas, unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. That's off to him, yeah. Great. And and confirmation as well that there's more than just football content on the channel as well. There's so much else to, to watch and to look at, especially the music content. Not particularly my taste of music, boys, but I, I've I've been through that before. Um I, I was I, going I, to say that. Who are Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Is that like Westlife? Are they the same? I know you're a big Westlife fan, Laura. So. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But like Westlife? Let, Is it the same thing? Let, I'm not sure it is exactly the same thing, but we'll maybe we'll maybe leave that be. But I'd, I'd put it this way: I don't see Westlife headlining a, a state of mind festival anytime soon. But you know, I have heard of Las Vegas. So anyway, <laughs> I'm interrupting um, you today, so okay. Oh, okay. Don't, right. don't worry about it. I'm sure nobody will get annoyed about that, Jim. Um, nobody will notice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, last week was a bit of a, a walk in rugby park, if you want to call it that. Um, a 5-0 victory, pretty convincing. Um, Ange Ball was, was sick and fast. You're allowed to say that, Ange Ball. You're allowed to say that. I thought that was I don't banned. know if you are, but um, it's different to Lenny Ball anyway that had Adam Matthews playing up front for Omnia Nicosia last night. But what was that about? Yeah. Let's not go there. Um, we'll go back to Ange last, last week. What did you make of a return to, to Rugby Park? Was it a, a better return than you were expecting or did you expect us to kind of blow them away? No, better than expected. I think that's a bit, another potential banana skin negotiating. Ross County, the previous week, obviously, that's the first time I've been on since, since Ross County. That was a potential banana skin. And uh, <laughs> I think like everyone else were trying to find a, a dodgy stream to watch the game on. And they were playing okay, actually, in fact. And then the stream went down. I think that's what changed things. And I ended up listening to the game on the radio. I, I hate listening to games on the radio because I always feel I've got no control over what's happening. You know, if I'm at the game... I'm in total control. <laughs> Watch on the TV, it's a bit less control. Watching the radio, you've got no idea what's happening. So that was a banana skin that we got through. And, and last week, Kilmarnock, uh, to win 5 nothing 
brilliant, fantastic. But in saying that, I thought after the first goal, which was a great team goal, I think we should score more of those kind of goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, given the way we play, for me, we don't score as many of those types of goals. But we've now started scoring goals from set pieces and, and, and long-range shots, but those wee intricate moves are great. So that was a great goal. But I felt between the first goal and the second goal, we'd played better in other games. I thought Calmack was a bit quiet. I thought O'Reilly was a bit quiet. I thought Turnbull tried the odd pot shot, wayward shots. But once we get the second goal, another Yota brilliant goal, we want to play really well. Uh, score goal from set pieces now. Great. Starfield getting a goal. Great. Yaki Marcus. Score goals for fun if he gets the game time. So, yeah. And the plastic pitch was horrible. But that's a, maybe a debate for another day. Uh, shouldn't have to play on that. You're always waiting to get an injury. Get through it okay. Five goals. Clean sheets. You know, job done. Uh, as I said, another potential banana skin negotiated. And, uh, yeah, great start. Let's just keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great start. Um, Brian, Jim raised an interesting point there about two potential banana skins with Ross County away and um, and Kilmarnock away, two places that, you know, for some reason, whatever it is, we always seem to struggle um, to, to get points there. Do you think, having negotiated those potential banana skins, we've set ourselves up really well, more than if it had just been six points off any other teams? Well, I think that if you look at from the start of last season, how well we negotiated these games at the start, you know, performances against Livy were really poor. Um, you know, we, we did struggle at times. Late equaliser, obviously, the famous one, uh, Ralston Header against Ross County. So we, we have got sort of, you know, better over the course. And I think that's just continuing. I think we're, what, you're, what you're seeing is, I think the more the players play in that system and know each other well, they're finding solutions to problems themselves without having to sort of go, like Gaffer said, this would be a stick to it. You can see there's like bits of invention and stuff. And I think if you look at um, Greg Taylor in particular, I think he's really grasped onto that. And he's trying things a little bit more differently because he's feeling more confident in the role. Um, it's interesting that Jim said some of the performances. Because um, I, I agree, everyone knows I go to bed with Matt O'Reilly Jammy Zone. I love him, right? But I did know that. So that's such news to me. <laughs> Jim, I'll show you them. I never saw that on Twitter. You are you on Twitter, Brian? I'm on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, Maybe later, I. The internet is a dangerous and strange place. I would just watch what you're doing here. You're not on it anymore. I'm just talking to Brian here. Right, right. I'm looking forward to those pictures, Brian. Just... Uh, well, Austin, if I start posting pictures of me in my jammies, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> take it back. More interesting. Don't want that to be misconstrued in any way, shape or form. Don't send me the <laughs> pictures. <laughs> but um, bye. in regards to the performance, I thought it was actually probably Matt O'Reilly's poorest game for us. I thought him and, him and Turnbull struggled, actually. I thought O'Reilly was... And one of the things that he does really well um, is wins the ball back a lot. I think it goes underrated at times, but he, he never really nearly got a grasp of it. That being said, we had two of your top performers, Turnbull and O'Reilly, not performing and still won 5-0. Mm-hmm. And this is what I mean about overcoming these things where you're stubborn defences, low blocks, plastic pitches, whatever you want to call it, or scoring goals to set pieces, two overhead kicks... You know, you're bringing Yakimakis off the bench. He's scoring an absolute blinder, as he's wanting to do. So I think that you can't not be pleased how we're doing things, but it's the sort of individual players' football intelligence, the improvement I've saw in that is what's been most pleasing for me because they seem to be finding a route to these problems. People were screaming last season, oh, there's no plan B, there's no plan C. I think that 
actually you're seeing these players now that they're confident can understand and find these moves and find these things. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it, right. also it's quite relative as well because I think by saying that O'Reilly and, and Carmack didn't have the best game, they played well. You know, so you're comparing it to games where they've been outstanding. So actually they did fine. It's, it's, it's not saying they played badly. They just maybe weren't as fantastic as normally are. But they did enough to win the game. And also, having the five subs again and the quality that comes off the bench now makes a huge difference as well. And that's why, you know, compared to every other team bar one, you know, we, we can change half a team, you know. So that's why we should be winning, you know, all these games. There's, a, there's, a, there's, there's now and again the occasion potential banana skin. I need to say this every week now, don't I? The potential Manaskin that's out there, you might drop some points, but you know, most of the games we should be winning. Certainly, with can think of half a team from the bench and the qualities there now. That that wasn't there last year, and certainly the year before that, it wasn't there. But it's certainly there now. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. So good. It's, it's an interesting point, Jim, and something we talked about a little bit last week about, you know, whether a badder should be a starter because he's such a great impact off the bench. Are you mm-hmm. quite happy for things to continue the way they are if we can, you know, run them ragged for the first 60 minutes and bring them off the bench to close it out? Is that something you're quite happy to see continuing? Absolutely, because I think Abada, I've spoken about Abada quite a lot, and, and he's just reinforced what I think of him. He's not a winger, but he's got a brilliant eye for a goal. I and mean, the goal he scored up in Ross County, <laughs> a great team goal again, but he scored from outside the box. He took the shot on from outside. He very rarely scores from outside the box. So there you are, there's, there's another... String to his bow by scoring outside the box. I think he's a. I think he's somebody to be played through the middle. But if you get Kyogo and Yakimakis in front, you're not going to get through them. I, I, I don't think he's a winger. And one of the things I was interested, and in I read or I heard Alan Morrison saying the thing about about his stats, and and he said so much. I can't remember what he actually said, but some like it doesn't look as if he's doing very much in terms of. He doesn't dribble past people, and his crossing is not as good as it should be. Which is what I said. This time last year, after a few games, that he doesn't mm-hmm. look like a winger to me. But what I think would be very interesting is the combination of a badder Ralston. And mm-hmm. that if I'm a badder, I need Ralston to play with me because I look for him, I look to play the pass, and the quality of Ralston's crossing is great. However, having said that, Juranovic was outstanding. That's one of the best games he's had last week against Kilmarnock. But I think that's a kind of interesting combo that if you play a badder wide, you need to play Ralston beside him. But I don't think you play a badder wide because I think you play him through the middle. But he's never going to get the team. However, if you have five subs, you bring him on 30, 35 minutes to go, I think that's ideal, the way that's worked out. Not much fun if you're a badder, not be on the bench, but uh, yeah, I think that's worked out really well. I don't know. I think I think you could be pretty satisfied if you're a badder getting on for the last half an hour of a game and sticking a goal in every week. Like, I think I would be... I, would I think be if pretty... you're a football player, you want to play all the time. That's my concern. It was on last time I said, Yaki Markets... At some point, if you sub all the time, you start to get fed up with being sub all the time. And then there was mm. stories during the week that maybe some clubs down south are sniffing about and what have you, and, and, and money will turn people's heads. So I know Anne said something like, it's not his job to keep people happy, but you have to keep people happy. That's a bit of a kind of balancing act, and you do have to keep people happy. And 
as I said last time, I'd love to see the Yakimakis uh, Kyogo combination up front if there's some way that he could he could uh, fit them both together. But if you win a games five nothing, you can't really argue with the big man. You know, it's, it's kind of if you were to drop points against somebody, you can say, why didn't you do this and the other? But if you win a game of football, you can't complain because the objective is to put three points on the board. We did that, scored five goals. So, you know, the big man Ange has got it right again. But I think that's a difficult one to try and keep everyone happy. And maybe if we did get a sizable bid for Nyaki Marcus or Nabad or, or Kyogo, given the riches that we have just now, the club might consider that. But uh, it's a good problem to have and hopefully Ange can keep them all happy. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that about trying to figure out two up front because I was watching Carabag versus some Czech team in the Champions League qualifiers and for the first time in about 10 years I saw the Czech team playing a straight 4-4-2. They were playing two banks of four and two up front and it was actually quite unusual to see it. But um, you get too much time in your hands, Laura, if you're watching games like that. Sure. Honestly, I will. as my mother would say, I would watch the Brownies versus the Guides, but um, that's, that's another story. Um, JR says Andrew's going to have the selection headaches he wants. Brian, yeah, yeah. Um, Jim's touched on it there, the, the conversation about who to start, who to bring off the bench, the fact that you could have Ralston or Juranovic at right back. It seems to have kind of crept upon us, this squad depth and this strength and these options that we have. Is that, I don't know, to me that signifies more about what Andrew's achieved at the club than than anything, than even the way that we play? Is that something you agree with? Well, I think you, I think you can see the, the difference in players now that there's competition for spaces. I think Greg Taylor again, um, you know, bringing him up for the second time because I think, you know, he gets a hard time a lot, but he's been excellent this season so far. And I think it's because, probably because he's, he's more confident in the role, but also because he's got um, Burnaby potentially breathing down his neck. I think you saw that with Alston. Begranovic, I think whenever Ralston gets a chance, generally speaking, he takes it. And I think that conversation for places is great. Um, and I, I think that the, the, I said last week that the idea of should the bad start, should they sit on the bench? I think once the Champions League games start and the Cup games start, it's going to be so much rotation that everyone's going to start probably a fairly similar amount of games. Mm. Like, I, I think, because I said I think Yakimakis will finish top goal scorer this year. And the reason I think that is because I think Kyogo will start in Europe most of the time because his movement and his pace and the counter-attack. Whereas, so I think Yakimakis will start a lot more domestic games. And by extension, he's playing against weaker defences, so I think he'll score more. So I think you see... I don't think you have a sort of prescribed A-side and a B-side, but I think you will see players rotate um, throughout. So I think Abada's going to start quite maybe as many games as he's on the bench. I think it'll be a pretty even split. I don't think it'll be, you know... So I, I slightly contradict myself here because I think the team that starts in, against Hearts is going to be the exact same team that starts against started against um, <clears throat> Kilmarnock, maybe Carol Starfelt aside because I don't know what's happened with Yenzi's injury. Um, but I, don't, I think he will start changing the teams as we get towards Europe in the Cup games. And then you start to see a bit of tinkering and I don't think we're tinkering for tinkering's sake, but you, you maybe start to see a change. Um, and the other thing that Jim said that I, I, I quite agree with is the Obada-Ralston relationship. But I also think that I'd like to see Yakimakis and Nieda play more together because I think what Yakimakis lacks in the press, Nieda can do for him. Mm-hmm. And Yakimakis can be in the box and menace people. And I think that combination works quite well. So 
It'll be interesting to see throughout the season, you know, the, the little sort of relationships that build up and who sort of works better. Because I, I do think Ralston's probably the the best crosser. Because um, it will, well, Ryota and then maybe Ralston, but I think it's interesting to see those dynamics will come into play and you start to see that part in forming. I think the stats tell you that without going on Alan Morrison, that Wilson's contribution last year, assists and goals are significantly better than Juranovic's. Uh, but maybe, as you say, Brian, horses for courses in, in, in some of the games. And I think that there's going to be loads of games this season. Hopefully we do go far in Europe, whatever European competition it ends up being. So Ange will have to rotate the squad and whatever. But if you pick your best 11, I don't think you'd pick a badder in that best 11. So, so that's kind of where I think we are just now. But, but it's great to have that headache and as I said earlier, bringing on half a team whenever you feel like it is, is brilliant. So when we get, when we get good players, which is the main thing. If you get good players, you've got a chance. You know, yeah. There's not much point in having five subs if they're all duds. You know? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, we've been through that already. <laughs> yes, yes. We've, we've, we've had that game, yeah. So that uh, movie, yeah. 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 Um, talking, about, talking about Europe, Andrew um, Gillia says, we are strong enough to win the league, whoever plays, but Andrew must concentrate on what team starts in Europe. Jim, to, to contrast that with what Brian was saying, I kind of agree that I don't think there's going to be what we would call a starting 11. Um, it will be a rotational squad. But I guess what Andrew's saying there is that potentially that rotational squad could do whatever domestically, but we need to play a strong 11 in Europe. Do you see him having a preferred 11 in Europe or will it be dictated by who the, the opposition is? I think it's the point that Brian just made there in terms of Europe's a different kettle of fish. You know, we could, we could you know, we could make tons of chances in the SPFL and, and miss most of them and still win 5 nothing. You know, you can't do that in Europe. And it will be horses for courses. And although Ange talks about just looking at ourselves and making sure we're okay. You know, if we draw Real Madrid or something like that, then that's a whole different ball game. And uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully we get a reasonable draw next week. And um, not bothered about the top seed because top seed will qualify no matter what. We good to get a glamorous team like Real Madrid. That that would, that would be good. But yeah, I mean, we're going to have so many games this season. We're going to have injuries and suspensions and whatever. And and we've got a decent sized squad which we might. As Andrew said, maybe add one or two more to it. Uh, in terms of quality, we've got the quality this time we didn't have last time. And it'll be interesting to see how, how Ange goes for Europe. Does he really go for it? You know, we're going to, if, if we draw a big glamorous team at the top seed, we're going to go head to toe to toe with these guys or not. You know, so I'm, I'm going to find that fascinating uh, because uh, although we put some good teams last year, they were still a level down compared to what we could be getting this year. So, so that's dead exciting as well and it should be a really exciting season uh, but yeah he's got some big decisions to make come Europe and uh, as you said before Brian Kyogo looks like you know that's the kind of guy for Europe the Kyogo Yota combination or the flood them it'll be fascinating watching what Ange does because this is a test for him I'm not saying last season wasn't a test but the point that you just made there for the person who, who just posted the thing there was that we should be able to beat the Livingstons and the St Johnsons of this world you know without been at hundred percent without pushing ourselves. Europe's a different kettle of fish, so so that'll be fascinating to see how that pans out this season. Um, a little bit of fun, Brian, at the halfway point of the show. Scott Howe says uh, six days to go on the big draw. Can't wait! I'm hitting the pub and making a day of it. Bring on Real Madrid, yeah. uh, and I like the picture of John Dal Thomason in there as well. Uh, that's uh, a, a good throwback to last season. Uh, 
Jim's talked about the glamour teams. Scott's mentioned Real Madrid. I think a lot of Celtic fans are wanting Real Madrid just because it's a glamour tie that we've never really had. What's your preference on the, the group stages? Do you want big glamour teams and test yourself against the best? Or would you rather see us get what we would, might consider a favourable draw to see if we can get last 16 or something like that? Um, so I'm a bit more of a kind of, kind of bring it on. I, I, I'm quite happy with the, the, the so-called bigger teams of the glamour ties because I actually don't think there's a a huge drop in quality between Ports 1-2 and in, in some of the teams even in, in three I think that actually regardless who you get it's going to be very 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 difficult for us and I think we really need to test ourselves against that sort of marker and see that how far have we come to, to go back to that comment we're very very comfortable at SBO level there's no doubt in that we really want to test them and see how far we've come in terms of performances in Europe so I mean, uh, the example I used is Bodo Glimp last year. Mm. If you'd have picked a draw, you'd have picked Bodo Glimp because you'd have said, well, who don't know who they are. They're in a region team. I get them in. And they battered us. So you mm. don't know what walks in a form teams are in. So sorry saying, you know, I, I, I want an, a so-called easy draw. But just because they might not be the, the sort of most famous team in that group, it doesn't mean they're going to be rotten. And it could be that you get a big gun that's having a nightmare. Like in years going past, if you'd have Man United, you'd have been going, oh, Man United, some draw. This time you go, Man United, some draw. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're rotten. But it's not a big club. So I think, I suppose the long, long way of answering a short question is that I don't really care who we get. I would rather have the bigger ties and make a go of it mm. than have the so-called sort of less interesting ties and then maybe they'll be through anyway. I think we go for it. I don't think Andrew changes approach for Iota, really. And I don't think you have, again, just to piggyback on that previous point, I don't think you have a strongest team, but there are certainly players that are going to be more suited to Europe than others. I mentioned Kyogo, I think Mieda's going to be great for us in Europe, just in terms of work ethic, hmm. just really putting their um, attacking fullbacks, etc., under pressure. I think Juranovic, although we've been praising Ralston for his delivery, Juranovic is far more athletic. You know, his movement's better, he's, he's quicker. And I He's a more technical that, player as well, yeah. yeah. I, and I think that's going to be paramount in Europe. It's actually the reason that, as much as I, I, I really like David Turnbull, I think he's an excellent player, Hatati has to start in Europe because of that athleticism, that drive, that sort of uh, movement. And the same with O'Reilly. So I think there's certain players that will definitely start. Uh, Jota, of course, as well. But I don't think that necessarily dictates, dictates the rest of the team or has it an A, B team or a, uh, an A team or a B team. I think it's more the individuals that are more likely to start just because they've got that athleticism. It's actually the only concern I've got with Greg Taylor in Europe. Um, as good as he is and as much as he's improved, he's he's athletic and that he's he's got a lot of stamina, but he's not got great recovery pace. He's not the strongest. Um, I don't think that the fact he's not very tall is much of an issue because in Europe a lot of players aren't that big, but even the sort of shorter players are robust, they're strong, they're athletic, they're really fast and and that's more my concern, where we could fall down, as opposed to the quality of the players we've got. Um, so so that's sort of my take on that. I agree with that last point you made, because uh, I think we do lack a bit of physicality. I think we do lack a bit of height. And, and I watched the PSV game the other night, and they were all monsters. They were all huge guys, you know, and skillful to go with it as well. The objective is to qualify to get into the last 16. So I can take it as read that the 
Port one team will be too good for us anyway. So let's bring on the glamour. Let's bring Real Madrid. It's been forty years since I've been at Celtic Park. We haven't played them in the Champions League. And I want the other two teams to be duffers, basically, or as much duffers as possible. If you get in a port two, port three team, and somebody we've not played before. We don't want Benfica again. I don't Benfica. We don't. We don't want the same teams again, and because we've seen them, so a couple of teams we haven't seen before. Uh, to pick up the point, Brian, who are not having a good season, who gives us the maximum chance of getting through into the last sixteen of the Champions League and one glamour tie. Uh, mm. And obviously, in the glamour tie, we'll be hiding behind the couch in the away game. But bring them on. <laughs> but point two, point three. Hopefully, they're they're beatable. Give us a couple of teams who are beatable that gives us a chance because then. You know, it's, it's it's the most disheartening thing in the Champions League if you lose your first three games and you're thinking that you know, these these last three games are a bit of a dead rubber now. So you want to go to the last game. You want the excitement of you know back in the day when we played Man United. You know, win this game, we qualify for the last day. That's what you want. The, the, the excitement of it. Mm. And European nights at Celtic Park. I mean, whether we win or <laughs> although our record's not been great, the actual. Atmosphere is, is is fantastic, and you, you can cut the axe with a knife. And, and the level of concentration that the players have to have, because you know that one slip and you lose a goal. I love all that because because the fans are concentrating as well. We're all concentrating on the one thing, you know. Whereas an SPFL game, you can fall asleep for ten minutes, waking up, scored a couple of goals. <laughs> you know, I don't mean that in the facetious way. I've actually said that, but but just I, I love the whole level of concentration in a Champions League night. Because you're playing somebody who you... And that's the beauty of football. You go to football because it's uncertain. Mm. You don't know who's going to win. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The Hearts and Sunday is a bit different, but if we're putting Livingston in this weekend, if we don't win the game, it's a disaster. Therefore, it's not as uncertain as it should be. But if you're playing a, an Anderlecht or a, a PSV or a Benfica or whoever, who knows how that's going to go? You're playing a Real Madrid. It's like uh, if we can get a point here, this is this is this is this is fantastic, you know. Yeah. So that's the beauty of playing at that kind of level. And the points you made earlier, Brian, about playing, playing Bodo Glimt, it's like, well, can we be bothered? And then they give us a doing, you know. So that's a kind of kind of lose lose that yeah. one. So. So I'm looking forward to the Champions League. I think it'll be great. It'll be good, be good fun. And just give us a couple of teams that we've got a chance of getting through. And hopefully we get a wee bit of luck because there's been some games, you know, we've lost a penalty kick or something like that where you think, oh, that was never a penalty kick. And we get VAR, obviously, that should maybe help or hinder us. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, I've got three groups that um, some of the commenters have put in that I think cover all the bases. Um, so mm-hmm. EMC1888 says, give us Frankfurt, Tottenham and PSV. Now, on paper, that might be achievable to, to you know, potentially no, progress no. from that. But 
that would make me so nervous. Like the fact that I would maybe think we could possibly do it would make me even more nervous than if it was a. a big I think you want to avoid an, an English team. Mm. And there's other factors to do with that. So avoid an English team for me. Yeah. Um, the next What's one. Next one? is AGSC Tech says, I'll take Porto, Leipzig and Shakhtar. I want to get your thoughts on this because my main thing about this draw is, and this is the ultimate privileged Celtic fan view, right? I don't want a group like that because we've seen Porto and we've seen Shakhtar a million times. I, I want some somebody fresh, somebody new. Is that yes. is that just me being entitled? No, you want a bit of variety. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously Porto done them before Leipzig. Yeah, yeah. From a kind of football point of view, maybe you know that looks not a bad group to be in, but from a kind of freshness, that feels the test. Sorry, AGC, SC, sorry. <laughs> what do you make of that one, Brian? Am I, am I just being entitled or are you wanting freshness? No, I, I, think, I think um, I'm quite a, a, an emotional guy, as we all know. I'm a bit excitable and I don't know if I would be a nervous wreck all day thinking about playing Porto or Shakhtar. <laughs> I think I would rather have a, a bit more, oh, we're playing Real Madrid tonight, oh, it's going to happen. And then have that buzz all week. I think that's that's better. And the thing about it as well, as Jim said, the, it's risk and reward, right? Because see, we get a group like that that needs that excited about and the batteries. It's a double whammy. It's, it's, a, it's a super doing, really, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's, whereas, imagine playing a, a Real Madrid or a Liverpool and you get a result. You remember that for probably for the rest of your life. You know, I still think mm. about the Jim touched on it when we beat Man United, uh, knocking with a free kick, we beat Milan under striking as well, mm-hmm. and beating Barcelona. And these things that you remember them forever and they're late, and you still watch them and enjoy them. So it's risk and reward. So you don't want to do it, you don't want a, a PSV Brendan Rodgers thinking, but you, you know, within that middle ground. So I want it all basically, is what I'm saying. Well, Strange Love the Doctor tries to provide it to us with I want Real Madrid, Liverpool, and Sporting No, don't that. Want that. Would, that. that would be. The ultimate in romance, but my goodness, we would probably get, I don't know, five doons nah, off of that, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's, 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 I'll that's call it now, choice, controversially. Yeah. If we get Liverpool, I think we'd beat them. Because I think they're going to struggle this season. You hear it there first. I think they'll struggle in top four this season. Jim, what do you Salah, think of that off the boil. Firmino's away. They're going to get some injuries and we've got the squad to cope. You heard it here first. <laughs> Brian said he's quite emotional. That's quite an emotional <laughs> rant. There's, we would beat Liverpool. <laughs> I just there's I mean Maybe the English them, teams we got a, a chance of beating them from a <laughs> from, from a non-football point of view I think there's a bit of relationship between Celtic and Liverpool so so from, a, from an off the field thing I'd be okay with that I wouldn't want to go and play Tottenham you know I think there's just too many risks off field risks involved in that I'd like to avoid English teams I think they're bigger and stronger and better than we are and I don't want to play them anyway I just if, if there's I mean I'd I don't know what teams are in pot two and pot three. I haven't looked at them. Before next Thursday, I'll, I'll have a look and I'll, I'll pick the teams and hopefully. But, but the criteria would be beatable teams in pots two and three that we haven't played before and Real Madrid because they're the most glamorous teams. And I think top seed's going to get through anyway, no matter what. So, so that would be my ideal draw. If, if, if I could pick the pick the teams that I had just now, that's, that's what I'd pick. And yeah, I take the point Brian makes. If we pick two less glamorous teams and they give us a doing, hey-ho. You know, but, but that, that gives us whatever gives us the best chance because the objective is qualifying for the last sixteen and two beatable teams. That's gives us the best chance, and that's up to us. Then it's, you know, that's that's within our control. That's up to Angie and the guys. But we've got two teams. We've, we've got a chance of beating, so no excuses. Whereas if we picked out three really tough teams, then 
there's your excuse ready made. You know, playing teams that are you know bigger and better than more resources than they thought it was always difficult. So I just want to have a chance because there's there's been seasons in the past where we the Champions League or the Europa where you've got two home games to go and you're virtually out. You know, and it's such a damp squib. It really is such a damp squib. Particularly when, when Celtic Park rocks in these nights. And you know, we haven't had, I don't think we've had a Champions League night where we've had the, the disco lights on. So that's a new one as well. I don't know if we also get disco lights. You know, no, I'm saying that's a great thing to have disco <laughs> lights, but it's quite a dramatic thing. Yeah. When when the lights shine, and I always wonder what the other team are thinking about. They're in the dark. <laughs> yeah. They're all standing out in the dark, and then the floodlights, and it's a green thing, and it's it's quite spectacular. You know, the football's not been great at the falls, but 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 it's quite. And the Glasgow derby there, that was the three nothing game. That that was. I mean, anyone who was at the game will tell you that was that was the best. Glasgow Derby stroke previous old firm atmosphere there's possibly ever been and part of that was there was no away fans which I'm a big I think no away fans in either ground is a way forward but what an atmosphere it was a nighttime game as well under the lights under the spotlight and stuff like that it was a phenomenal and obviously the team go out and, and do the business it was just a fantastic night and you know one of the big nights of last season so I'm looking forward to some great Champions League nights but if we get teams that are too difficult they're not going to do so don't mind that no, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I mean, the the no. Brian said we beat Liverpool. Did you hear that? I don't think you heard that. I did hear that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hold on. Qualify, that right? Just qualify, no, no, you can't qualify because as Paul John Dyke says, this is this has been recorded. No, it's recorded. If we get Liverpool, we get a doing. That's the first thing you'll see. I think we could beat them at Parkhead. And when I say it, I don't think they'll finish fourth. I meant in the Premier League. I didn't mean in the group, just in case. I think they're not that bad. No, he's backtracking now. He's got... Tim, I was going to say, he's just hot to qualify. Take... Just... just to qualify that. Just to qualify he's that. Hot take is it... mere minutes old and he's already backpedalling. It's not that bad. It's just in case, because if we're honest, a lot of people sort of misinterpret what it's said. So, but I was thinking, by the they won't finish top four in the Premier League this year. Or they'll struggle again. Here, here's, here's my hot take, Brian. I um was talking to my brother about this last night. I actually think the Man City team we played in the Champions League a few years ago was not as good as this current Man City team. I would not want to get this current Man City team. No English team, no matter what. I mean, I don't, I don't follow English football and I'm not that bothered uh, who wins down there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm repeating myself now, just avoid English teams in general. Uh, a Man City top seed, yeah, I take it in Port 1. Yes. Are they important? one? Yeah, avoid them, yeah, avoid them. No matter how good or bad they are, avoid them. I think that's the worrying thing is, uh, certainly... Unless you're Brian, of course, I mean, Brian. I, mean, <laughs> I think we beat Man City, Brian. I just, I'm just throwing it out there, just to kind of... No, no, I, I'm, I'm not sure right. we beat Man City. Sorry, but, you're not sure, but, maybe. You're not but, sure we beat Man City. But again, in times gone past, that you know, at Parkhead, I mean, I, I, you're not going to beat them away. You're not going to beat any of them away. But at Parkhead... I think we got a chance against MD, but that, that would be a bit of a tall order. The boy Haaland is, and the boy Foden, between those two, it's just, you know, yeah. and then De Bruyne, you could keep going, couldn't you? Yeah. Right. Just just so for everybody. But just, just, but you're not sure, just to qualify on that. So we beat Liverpool, but you're not sure about Man City. No right. sure about Man City. Just I'd, for everybody. I'd, I'd believe on the day. I would believe on the day we could. That'd I'd believe on the day, aye. Aye. Until the 10th minute and we're two down, I'd believe aye. on the day as well. <laughs> Just for everybody watching, this is Jim um, displaying to everybody why he doesn't appear on the match coverage and why he advises us not to either. Oh, don't touch the match coverage. Never go on that, Brian. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I've never gone on the match coverage for never. that reason, Jim. Good, good. That's good thing. I don't dare. I, I, I gave myself a retrospective red card. I just didn't go on. 
I think that's, I think that's quite good because you said you were quite emotional earlier, so I think going to match day would be it's a no no. I don't know. Like the game's it. finished, you can analyse the game and the heat of the action. You know. Too much. Well, I yeah. do know it's actually, I don't get concerned until there's 30 minutes to go. Because there was yeah. a time where after 10 minutes we're not winning and you start to get a bit, come on, but I think leave it to half an hour to go. Doesn't matter what happens, you get to the last half hour, then you start to get a bit. Frustrated if you've not scored a goal yet. So that, that's 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 a that's a tip from an old man there, Brian. Like Thirty minutes to go, you know that's when you start to get, and it, you'll be so stress free during the game. Don't worry, unless we're losing, of course. Right. See, the problem I've got, Jim, is half an hour before the game. I'm already stressed about the result. So <laughs> no, you, you, you can't do that. That's where I'm going wrong. Don't do that. No, don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Laura, I'm talking rubbish. That's, that's all right. I'm, I'm here for your nuggets of wisdom, Jim. That's that's what we're all here for. Um, Brian, I'll come to you first. Let's move on from Europe. Spend the last 15 minutes of the show talking about um, the weekend. We've got Hearts at Celtic Park, back to Celtic Park um, for another big game. Do you th- do you expect us, first of all, do you expect us to see this, this run continuing? Yeah, I think so. We're, we're sort of building momentum. Um if I'm going to be slightly cautious, I always feel like when, we're, when, we're, when momentum starts to build and this talk of undefeated runs comes, you then it starts to become when we're going to lose. Mm. And I don't, I'd rather not know about it. I'd rather not know how many games undefeated we are. I'd rather just get going about our business. And I think post the call, we'll try and deliver that. But it's, it's, it's a wee bit of concern about this this run we're going and how it's going to compare to the other managers and stuff. But in regards to the game, I think it's always a good game against Hearts. I think um, they were hurting a wee bit after um, after last night. So, I think week 2-1. So, it be interesting to see how they turn up. Are they are going to be really trying to prove a point? Or are they going to be tired or whatever? Whereas we're fully rested. And as we've mm. spoke about a few times, it feels like a wee bit of a cheat code with the five subs. Mm. I know that's not going to always be the case. And it's not the number of subs, it's the sheer quality. Seeing half your outfield team. So, I won't have any, any doubts we could do it. It would be interesting if he, he changes anything about the team this mm-hmm. for the play hearts because instinctively I would go, like by Yakimakis up front just to sort of batter their centre halves about. Um, but he seemed to have been quite consistent in team selection, and I don't know if maybe that I don't think, as I said earlier, I don't think that will change until maybe Europe. So probably the same team that start well apart from I think Starfield will start over Jens because I think he's he's still injured. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but always a good game against Hearts. Always nice to beat them, and I think we will. What's your take on that, Jim? Um, we tend to do well against Hearts at Celtic Park. Tynecastle can be a bit more of a, a coin flip for us. Do you expect us to continue mm. the run that we're on? So it's quite funny, Brian, it starts with Hearts. I'm not sure Liverpool will beat, but anyway. <laughs> uh, last season, uh, I mean, as you said, Brian, Hearts games are always, they're always tight games. You look at last season... First game with Lois when Andrew's getting his team together. The second game, the Kyogo Gates, Crawford Allen nonsense, very tight game, one nothing. The Tynecastle game, that was, that was a big game in terms of last season, the context of last season. The Liam Boyce missing the penalty. That was huge. That goes in and who knows what might have happened after that. And then we beat them, was it four four nothing or four one the last game of this last time we played them? But they qualify for the cup final. I think their eyes were on the cup final. I think they maybe rested a few players. And I think it's a similar situation we're in just now. I think if they qualify for Europe, that's that's huge for them, you know, in terms of as a club, their stature financially. So next Thursday's their big game. 
I think. And then the lad Halkett get injured last night. I think he's out for tomorrow. He's possibly next Thursday. Mm-hmm. If I'm Robbie Nielsen, I'm thinking, well, nobody expects us to win at Celtic Park tomorrow. I don't want any more injuries. The focus is next Thursday. So I think they might rest a few players as well. So I think I think we'll win okay tomorrow. Right? We'll, we had, I said we beat Ross County 3-1. One for one, I think we won three nothing on uh, Sunday. I think we, I think their eyes will be on something, something bigger, something better. And I think if we turn up and we play the way, the way we have been playing, and and we are as ruthless as we were last last uh, week, then I think three nothing is not is not unreasonable. But uh, like Brian, I don't think of unbeaten runs as what it is, you know, because there's no bearing on what happens on Sunday. Uh, Hearts are a good team; they're third for a reason. Uh, this season, the third last season, they're, they're easily out with the top two. They're easily the best team. They've a lot of really good players. Uh, mixed start to the season. We're a bit lucky to beat Ross County. Unlucky to lose the last gas goal against Hibs in the, and they scalped on the United last week. So they're a good team. But I just think maybe maybe their attention is on next Thursday because that's a bigger and better uh, game for them to be looking at. Do you, do you agree with Brian's comments about lineup, or do you, do you expect to be... No, I think Ange won't, won't, won't deviate that much as Brian said earlier. At this part of the season where there's one game a week, uh, I think I'll look for that kind of continuity unless there's any injuries. And if uh, if Yen is injured, then Starfield comes in. And I think it will start with Kyogo. Uh, I think it will start with the same team and, and bring the big chap on half an hour to go. And that's getting back to what we said there, the balance in that, keeping everyone happy. Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, Hearts are a physical team. So maybe, as Brian said, maybe you're better with a more physical approach up front with the Yakimakis, but I think Ange's tended to kind of, you know, tends to stick and doesn't twist unless he has to. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think once the the two games a week starts to come, uh, is, it, is it the following week we played the League Cup game? Is that, is that the end of the year? Uh, I think, I think. So, so I think yeah. I think once that starts, I think, when's the first Champions League game? Is that the following week? Uh, the six, six, week the of the 6th of September. Something. So I think this will be the last... Uh, the last time we don't have an eye on a midweek game, so I think it's likely from a continuity point of view. Barry injuries, you'll, you'll, you'll stick with last week's team. Yeah, I, I I pretty much agree with everything you've both said. I, I don't break something that what's the what's the phrase? If it ain't, if it ain't broke, broke, don't, broke, fix, don't it. fix it. That's what yeah. I was trying to say. I was trying to say that while reading something else, which is never a good idea. Uh, what I was reading. Um, is with regard to a potential signing uh, that we have coming up. And Brian, I'll come to you on this first because we were talking about it before we came on here. Um, one of the Celtic Few journalists, uh, David Friel, I think it is, um, is reporting that there's a potential uh, medical happening in London today for... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. 
the best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Serbian international Said Haksabanovic, which I have been practicing, still don't know if I've got it right, um, but um, he is a winger, predominantly left-sided, but the idea is that he can play across the across the midfield. Um, how much do you know about him, if anything? Is it a signing that encourages you? What, what's your thoughts on that as a potential signing for us? Hey, I, I only know about him for, for some sort of research I've done, parties. Um, being linked with Celtic. I think we were actually linked with him last year, mm. um, which is an encouraging sign because uh, Angel obviously wanted to prioritise that. And I think I think it's an important signing for the start of the season. I've said we need someone else who can play in the wing. Not really up front because I think I, I agree with Jimmy earlier. I think Abaya could comfortably slot in there, as can Maeda. But I do think we need cover. If Jota was to get injured, we are going to really struggle creatively in the wings. And this is what... Um, Seed the heat, as I might call him, because Haksab Banovic might be a, a mouthful for, for my Glaswegian self to say all the time. Um, <clears throat> I think that he can play left, right, or through the middle, or just sort of behind the striker. In terms of player profile, it reminds me a wee bit, not in terms of how he plays, but career-wise of Carter Vickers, because he actually debuted quite young, and he's had quite a lot of Transfers. He's played quite a lot of places for a fair amount of clubs. Um, he's been consistently pretty successful at each. Um, and I think that was much the same with Carter Vickers. And I think they're the same age as well, 23. Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot of experience for a 23-year-old, which I think is really key. Again, it goes back to my point earlier about that football intelligence, to know when to stick to the plan, know when to just come up with something a wee bit different on the fly. And I think a guy like him, whether he starts or comes off the bench, would be a, a good signing and I don't know how much we're paying for him. I don't imagine it'll be that much, given the, the issues, sadly, in, in, in Russia and what's going on in the world, with uh, his parent club. Um, but the other good thing about him is the, the Swedish club he plays for. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce their name because I don't want to offend any Swedes. Happy offending Scousers, clearly, but no Swedes. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I, uh, I think that they're, they're made way through their season, so he's going to come in match fit which is another bonus because he can come straight in, really won't take him on up to speed. So I'm quite excited by it. I think it's a, I think it's the type of thing we needed. I still think we need a, a holding midfielder, but it's just putting jigsaw pieces into the puzzle. So, yeah, hopefully we get it over the line. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Jim, it's been a little bit quiet on the on the transfer front in general the last few weeks, at least. Obviously, it was an encouraging sign for us that we did the business as... as, as early as we did, but are you expecting us to capture this guy? Are you expecting any further signings before the end of the, the transfer window for us? I think as seasons going by, we'd have signed one person by now, and we're all scrambling about for the last... So it's a brilliant position to be in as you say, we've got our business done early and just looking to add maybe one or two just to complete the squad, I think that's really good. I thought that was a really interesting question when you say, how much do you know about this guy who plays in Russia? Sort of thing. I mean, if you get back I don't know, 30, 40 years ago and you're trying to sign somebody, you would know 
something about them because they'd be playing in Scotland or playing England, mm. so you would know something about them. So, so usually I, you know, I don't pay much attention to it until we've signed somebody, and then try and practice seeing their name because mm. you know that's a lot of effort to try and practice somebody's name if we don't sign them. You know, a lot of effort. I was thinking Eddie Howe might become. Can I see his name? No, yet. Wait, wait till he comes. So, <laughs> don't spend a lot of time trying to, trying to uh, figure out how to say somebody's name until they're actually here. I've heard the same stuff that Brian has heard. He plays up front along the line, could play any of the front three, could even play left midfield. We trust in Ange, you know. Uh, and obviously, we've got a worldwide network of, of scouts. And, and I'm I'm always fascinated how we end up signing some of these players. Because I understand a David Turnbull mm. because we see him every week and he's a hot property and he's not going to cost us a lot of money and the wages won't be that great. I understand that from somebody who's never been involved in professional football. I understand that. I understand, as Brian alluded to, the Russian situation means that maybe you can pick up some bargains here. Maybe if I buy this kind of guy. I said last time I do not understand the Argentinian one at all. Yep. That's not, he's not a good player. I'm just thinking that if we'd uh, three and a half million pounds to spend and we've went to Argentina plus wages and stuff like that and went to Argentina, that means that in the world, <laughs> We couldn't find anyone to spend that money on, and he's the guy we should say. They would all the nonsense last week with us, with this guy, and that's another subject I don't know you want to talk about. But anyway, uh, so I'm always fascinated about, you know, how you decide to buy the players that you decide. How do you come to that conclusion? Because I think Ange has, as he says before, has a great story, in not the ability, not not, sorry, not just the ability of the players, but the type of person that they are, yeah. and I think. And I've heard Brian use the phrase risk averse in the in the one time I heard Brian in the podcast, saying that you don't want to be risk averse because you know you open yourself up to all sorts of you know stuff that might not be very good. So I think the further away you go and the more obscure you go, the higher the risks are. And depending on what happens with the young Argentinian guy, that that was a huge risk. Loads, loads of money involved in that. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, what's the point I was trying to make was that yeah, I'm just fascinated in how you actually buy players. And how it works, and who recommends who, and the criteria which they get through, and and if you compare I me mean, that the most obvious one in recent years has been Barca's. Somebody said, you know what, you know, if, if it was you, you buy Barca's or you buy Seagreast, say, mm-hmm. and Barca's is five and Seagreast is one, ah, it's, it's better value spending five times it on this guy than that guy. And in fact, you may be paying double the wages for this guy and that guy. Who who made that decision? You know, what was the criteria for that? And it's such a a terrible decision, you know, mm. in, in a different industry. Somebody's getting their books for that. You know, yeah. and I know you can't get everything right. Of course you can't get everything right. And and how many games did they actually watch and play before they signed? Aye, and that's all part and parcel of the criteria. And, and you're, you're obviously not going to get everything right. I totally get that. But see, when you take a high risk mm. and it doesn't work out, then who do you blame? Well, you blame them then. If you take a low risk one, if you get out and sign somebody... You know, who you think, well, that's, I mean, I am not saying we should sign John Suter. I'm not saying that. But Thank God. Should, no, no, but no, I'm just saying, but, 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 but using him. my Liverpool too. <laughs> no, no, no. I said, I'm not saying we should assign him. But I oh, can he understand. Oh, he qualified He backed no no, 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 I'm explaining, Brian. This is how it works. This is, this is how the podcast works. I talk, you guys listen. You say, oh, you're quite right, Jim. You're quite right. But all I am saying is that I could understand why a team might want to buy John Suter because you can get him for nothing. He's in low wages. He's an international player. If it doesn't work out, 
you could say, well, that was pretty low risk. I understand that. However, if you spend, you know, the guts of six million quid, including wages, on a young Argentinian guy, and I'm not criticising, I've never seen the guy play, I'm just saying that's a, that's a huge risk, mm. both on a football terms and both financially. So that better work. That really better work because that's somebody's taking a high risk decision there. The low risk decision, no Jones suited, but somebody like Jones. Turnbull, Turnbull's a perfect example. Moy, you know, Aaron Moy, that was a. Absolutely. Any, anyone you get for nothing is pretty low risk. It's once you start spending big money. And that's the thing about, you know, and I think fans, not all fans, obviously, have a tendency just to kind of say, oh, it's only four million. So four million for Celtic is, 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 is a huge amount of money. And that's what I'm saying that we've, we've given this young Argentinian guy a five year contract. I'm assuming you're looking at maybe he's on 10 grand a week, was that half a million a year, two and a half million plus a. Six million is basically tied up in this young guy, you know. So we need to make sure that we're looking after him. You know, if you had a six million pound asset, not that we'd ever have a six million pound asset, you would make sure. You know, I don't know if you'd have famous paintings worth six. You wouldn't stick it in the back seat of your car, thinking, "Hope not, nobody knows that." You'd be looking after it, you know. So I'm always fascinated. I think I think it's a fascinating area in terms of how you sign a player, how much they cost, how much you pay them. Is that going to upset your wage structure and all the stuff that kind of goes with that? So I know nothing, <laughs> to answer your questions, I know nothing about the new guy. If we sign him, then I'll do what everyone else does. I'll have a look at YouTube. Not that that tells you that much. And you can only tell once I've actually played some games. You know, I think seeing the Japanese guys was kind of high risk, but because Andy's been there, that kind of lessens the risk a wee bit. And they've all turned out brilliant. So I think we have to trust Ange in terms of what he's doing. And the only point that you can maybe, maybe, maybe question him is when they start to play games and you maybe think, mm, maybe they're not as good as we thought. And if you paid nothing for them, you think, well, there's nothing lost there, like Moy, as you said, Brian. You know, but if we paid a lot of money for somebody, you know, anyway, that's a bit of a rant, sorry. Here, here's a question for you, Brian, not an easy one to close out the show and I'll come back to Jim on it. Jim talked there and I've I've said the same thing. I trust Ange. If I hear about a player being connected with the club, I assume it's because Ange wants him um, hmm. and therefore because of the trust that Ange has built with the fan base, I'm willing to go with whoever he, he wants to sign and we'll judge him at the time. How much control do you think the manager has over the signings that we're making and the choices that we're making, based on the fact that obviously we've had managers in the past and scouting setups where it's been quite obvious that players have been identified and brought in for the manager to use? Do you think Ange has got more of a handle on it than that? Yeah, I think it's been fairly clear. I think maybe James McCarthy aside, I think it's been fairly clear. I think what I said at the time, and I, and I think it's true, I think when a club like Celtic, you've got a, a scouting operation and you've got a, a remit, these are the type of players we want. We've always criticised this idea that Celtic sort of buy a, a kind of semi-young player nobody really knows about with the idea of trying to sell them on for big money. It's happened enough that you can overall say it's successful, but very marginally, because you're buying, for every 10 players you're buying, there's, there's maybe two that are really successful. I think Ange is still working within that system, but working it well. Mm. I think he's doing it the way it was intended. I think instead of just saying a good player because they fit the profile, he's saying a player that fits his system well. And it's generally due to the type of player there that's going to fit the dynamic of the squad. Because you can see, you saw the reaction when the players, when Starfield scored. You saw there was a tailness in the squad and it was, it was good to see. And that's not by accident. That's, that's something that's fostered. So I think in that regard... I think it's different, and I think Ange's more control. 
I think he gets presented with a list of targets. I don't think he says, I want that guy, I want that guy, I want that guy necessarily. I think they give him a list and he says, right, of them, these are the ones I want. Um, but by all accounts, uh, you know, CEO Michael Nicholson and Anne share a, quite a strong relationship and they may have went about a transfer business, not in terms of, not just in terms of the pace, but in terms of the, you know, the only buy options, the four-year deals, the, the sell-on clauses, stuff like that. It's been, you know, I think quite tangibly different the past couple of transfer windows under Ange. So I think moving forward, it gives you confidence that he's the one that's making the calls. And I listen, I don't know the man, obviously, but I don't think I'd like to be the person that decides to tell Ange who he's signing and who he isn't. I don't imagine that's a conversation that would go well. So I, I don't think that's the, the situation. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, and Jim, it's something that you've touched on before. We've got a CEO who we never hear from, and that's the way we like as long as... I think, I think the last point doesn't. that Brian made is, 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 is very valid about not telling mm. Ange. <laughs> you know, you kind of get... Such, such. But I think, there's, I think there's two Anges, basically. There's the Ange that walked through the door when he first came in, and if he went to... What was the guy before? Don Mackay, and said... Yep. Give me, give me four million for somebody. Understandably, a Dom McKay would think, mm, not too sure, you're just in the door here. When you win the league, and when all your signings have hit the ground running, and you're putting a brand of football that's, that's, that's easily, you know, the most exciting for, 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 for many, many years, and you're a bit of an icon now with the Celtic fans, if Ange says, can I get four million for him, I think you would tend to say yes mm. now. And I think he, he calls the shots. And I think... What he's done, he's done exactly what he said he would do. And again, it's an astonishing thing. And people will say, well, you know, he'll do this and do that and stick to his guns. And you're all thinking, aye, that'll be right. And then we lose three of the first six games. You're thinking, and people are saying, sack the guy. He's stuck to his guns. He's not for deviating. If he gets messed about, he walks. He Mm. walks. Because his CV, after last season, if people were in any way doubting the man because he's another side of the world, he's shown last season. Both domestically and I think in Europe, in some of the games that we played against, some of the, you know, we won a few, we should have won a few of the games, and what he does and and and, and how he behaves and his manner and all this kind of stuff, he's a very marketable guy, and and, and Brian alluded earlier to Man United and the shambles that they are now, you know, and you do a great job, and you do a great job for any team because what he's now done is actually incrementally, in his career. Bit higher, bit higher, and then Celtic was like your stratosphere, way up here somewhere, and he's done it. Mm. So you know he's a very marketable manager, and, and okay, he might not get a man you, and I'm not trying to enjoy this, but you know, a, a kind of Southampton or a you know Crystal Palace or something like that. You know, and you're a phenomenal manager, and, and he certainly yeah. could manage at the higher level. And you're going to tell him no, I want a player. Now that's not going to happen. And obviously there's limits with it. And again, as I said, I'm fascinated how the whole thing works. And because we're not involved in that, we've got no idea. I think, again, Brian said, there ought to be a list of people and, and there's only so much Ange can actually do. So he has to depend on other people to get new things. He has to trust those people. And that's been fascinating. The old John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan thing. You know, you obviously trust them. At a time, we were all saying, not we were all saying, but a lot of the fans were saying, get rid of these guys. But Ange stuck with something. And I think he's been, he's been phenomenal. And nobody should cross the big man, you know, at the moment, you know, when who knows in a year's time or two years' time if things fall apart, which hopefully they won't. But at this point in time, I agree with Brian. If Van says, give me some money for this guy, you give him the money. Yeah, I 
think uh, I think we're all in agreement with that, and we've still got a little bit of time left to go until the transfer window closes. So we'll see how that uh, how that goes. In the meantime, we've got the game coverage coming up against Hearts over the weekend, which Axon will be covering in conjunction with um, Celtic Down Under, which we've been doing the live match coverage with over the last few weeks. Um, so if you haven't subscribed to those guys, then definitely go and give them a subscription as well because they do some great content as well from the other side of the world. Um, Jim, Brian, thanks very much for joining me today. Who knows where we'll be this time in a couple of weeks, Jim, the next time you're back on, but uh, hopefully it's with another few points on the board anyway. Uh, thanks very much, everybody, and we'll see you all very soon. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.